0: Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is time for episode 22. Did we oh, actually get a number right? Of football and random things. Yeah, I had you, last you week's keep, number right. When, I had the week before
1: that right, too. Well, you had like, there was a, a very long stretch of being like the episode number. <laughs> Those teens really started to run together. But now I've been reset with
0: the fact that I know that last week was 21.
1: So next week is the GOAT episode.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be like every other sports talk show and talk about LeBron versus Michael. It's the only important on debate. On episode
1: 23. It's the only important debate that matters in sports is just what one, what my opinion is versus your opinion of things that literally can't happen.
0: Correct. All right. What else could we debate that can't happen? Who's the best running back of all time?
1: That's actually, that's a, I feel like that's pretty fair. Is that my I, I don't know, football is so different. From, like, era to era, though. And also, it depends on fit. Because basketball, I feel like, is much a much more universal thing. Like, if LeBron goes pretty much anywhere, give him about, I don't know, eight months to develop some chemistry with that team, and then they're going to be pretty damn good.
0: Well, he, we're on about eight months right now with the, the Los Angeles Lakers, and that ain't going great. Okay, well, let's say a little bit more than eight
1: months then. But I, okay. I would bet within...
0: Well, it, it generally helps if he doesn't, like, him and his agent don't do things to completely... Annihilate the entire franchise, but well,
1: you know, that's not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> we, uh.
1: But I mean, with football, it's like if you could, you know, if if and Barry Sanders is probably my vote for greatest of all time, mm-hmm. like just greatest pure running back of all time. But if you put Barry Sanders on a team that you know doesn't hand off to the running back more than 12, 15 times a game, it'd be stupid when you have Barry Sanders, but still, he's then not in the conversation then. And then longevity and health, like. What the year that one year Priest Holmes had? Yeah, that's that's got to be in the one the year Ladainian Tomlinson scored all those touchdowns, like those those specific isolated years. And then Ladainian Tomlinson had migraines, and so he had to take a couple of years off. And but he was pretty damn good. So I don't know. That's a I can argue against myself in three thousand different ways.
0: I was gonna say you just like threw a lot of names and stuff, and I really and don't, I didn't even touch I Walter Payton. Really, really don't even know like what your I don't really know. What even touch even
1: Jim Brown, he's one. Right? Gail Sayers?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I have no idea. There's lots of good running backs. I think that's basically what we came down to. Yep. So we're going to answer questions today. As you can probably tell by this rambling intro that we're on, we don't have any idea what to talk about. It's the offseason. It is the offseason. It is officially deep in the offseason. We are getting hit by snow again at the Carl Chevrolet Studios in Ankeny.
1: The good news is... This podcast, as always, is brought to you by Iowa Diamonds. The good news is is we have uh, random things literally written in the name of the title. And so if you were coming here expecting sports in the offseason, you may be disappointed. But if you came here expecting random things, which are probably going to be still at least sports adjacent, then you're going to be in for a, a pleasurable 45 minutes to three hour experience.
0: Yes. Wait,
1: did you say three hours? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say three hours.
0: Okay. We're, uh, we're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor, Iowa Diamond, and then we'll be right back in the Carl Chevrolet Studios on the Cyclone Fnatic Podcast Network. This is Iowa Diamond President Chuck Kuba. After 20 years of serving engagement and wedding couples, I can't help but reflect back on the thousands of wonderful folks we've helped and ask myself, how can we be so lucky? Is it our incredible ring selection or the quiet private atmosphere? Then came the epiphany. Out of all the people in the world, we make you feel like you are the most important people in the world. Because at that moment, to all of us at Iowa Diamond, you are. Visit us at iowadiamond.com or in person anytime. You'll see what I mean. All right, so I lied about the fact that we're going to take questions right away. We're back in the Carl Chevrolet Studios, Football and Random Things, presented by Iowa Diamond. Uh, so there was a little bit of football news this morning, actually two kind of big pieces of football news that I think we could dissect
1: a little bit. I think one is, one is fun. One is fun to talk about. One is, one is one is more of a, yeah, it's one's cringy. Yeah. One's really cringy. We'll start with
0: the fun one first. That is Kyler Murray announcing this morning that he will focus on being a quarterback, basically shutting the door on any chances of him or any ideas of him playing professional baseball in
1: the near future I didn't look this up beforehand but I thought offhand didn't Drew Stanton do the same thing thought it was Drew Henson no Drew Henson went and played baseball well Brandon Whedon got drafted before too like he had been drafted to play baseball but the most I mean the most infamous example is John Elway because there's almost like the almost exact same thing happened to John Elway
0: yeah well I mean it's almost like Bo Jackson, he got drafted by the Buccaneers and went to play
1: baseball because he didn't want to play for the Buccaneers. How much of a power move is that, by the way? Yeah. It's like, I don't want to play this professional sports for your franchise team, so you can piss off. I'm going to go play for this to- totally different sport until a better team comes around. And I'm going to play for them,
0: Yeah, and then, not you. And then he just became one of the best players in both baseball. Yeah. In both. Just, in both. Just because yeah. he can. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But anyway, Kyler Murray probably um, should have just played baseball in retrospect. Having not destroyed his hip, yeah, that's, which is a shame. Um, but Kyler Murray playing football, I honestly think that when you there, there's something about him that is just—it's like Baker. That when you look at him, you think that he's going to be successful in the NFL. And we talked a while ago about you know when he was making decision whether whether to or to not to do it, mm-hmm. and he's short. And obviously he's got, you know, we, we talked about the reasons why it wouldn't work, but there's that one little X factor about things that he has. Um, and we also talked about something that, uh, I believe Todd McShay stole from us, which is, I called him that said he had the most burst since Michael Vick a while ago. And then Todd McShay put that out like, I don't know, four days ago. Without attribution. Without attribution way. to fart, which is ridiculous. Shout out to Todd. We, we now know that you fart. Thanks bud. Yeah. You <laughs> fart. He farts all the time, at least once a week. But um, no, with Kyler, the the how how fun would it be? So teams that need a quarterback, like did has Nick Foles been signed to be the a Jaguar quarterback or Jaguar yet? No, like, I don't think free agency has started. Has I was it? gonna say because I was just thinking, like it seems like that's a foregone conclusion that Nick Foles is gonna be a Jaguar, and if it's not, they're stupid. Like you have a veteran quarterback that that place in Jacksonville needs an actual person that leads at quarterback. They don't need a rookie. They need a person who leads at quarterback because that locker room is an absolute mess because Jalen Ramsey is a competitive dude, but he needs to have someone that will put him in the right direction and then go be competitive productively. Like don't be competitively competitive destructively. Mm -hmm. So he just needs to, there needs to be a person in that locker room. That's not Jalen Ramsey that everybody looks at and so they, they, they should not be going for a rookie quarterback, yeah. in my opinion. They should need to be going Nick Foles if he doesn't go to Jacksonville. Unless maybe you get Nick Foles and put a rookie quarterback behind him. Maybe. But then you're spending how much money? Because you're not going to get Nick Foles for cheap. So how much money are you going to pay to get Nick Foles? And yeah. then you're going to pay another first-round pick, which is waste a first-round pick on a guy that's not going to play.
0: Well, why not draft a
1: quarterback in the second or third round? You could. Second, third, fourth, something down the road. But I, I would not. They have more needs than that, too. Um, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not privy to the Jags, uh, roster makeup. I just in, I enjoyed the underdog and they were an underdog that I almost didn't enjoy watching because they were so stupid with themselves this year. Anyway, teams that need a quarterback. I mean, the, the ones you that come up that come to mind right away are like the giants and the other teams. A lot of them have rookies like the jets quarterback play wasn't good, but they have a guy already. They're not going to spend another first round pick again. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals again. They have. They, I
0: don't know. There's still a lot of. There's still a lot of. Uh, with a lot Cliff. of
1: smoke to that. To that. They would have to fire. I really think that they would have to get rid of some. They would have to get rid of Rosen. There's no way that you can. I mean, what? But would that surprise you with the new head coach? That wouldn't surprise me. Get but, rid of him. But you're gonna have to get rid of Josh Rosen for the same. I, I don't think you can trade him. For, you, I don't. Can you trade a rookie contract? I'm sure you can. Yeah. But if you trade a rookie contract, you're going to have to get something back that's of way lesser value. So you got to be damn sure. And yeah, because then you're going to have to pay all first round money to that person and take a loss on your first round contract that you already had. So you better be damn, damn sure. that The guy you're getting is not Robert Griffin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they, because the Redskins gambled three years on Robert Griffin, they got one out of him. So not worth it. But with, um, the, the Giants, like I said, the Giants are the one that comes to mind. I mean, what, what other teams desperately need a quarterback like the Giants do in the bottom half? The Broncos probably need one yeah. the case, their gut case, which is good, not which great. Which
0: he basically was replaced. They tried to replace him. They couldn't do it
1: because they didn't have anybody else. Yeah, so the Broncos probably need a quarterback. Most teams are at least sort of kind of okay, I would yeah. think, but they don't have like a desperate need. But the Giants do. And so that makes the, probably the two best quarterbacks is the kid from Oregon, which the, he didn't come out. Oh, he didn't come out then. Okay. No. He's not to the him then that shows how up to date I am. But the guys that have declared would be Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray. I just think that Kyler Murray, how much fun would Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard be how much, and then Evan Ingram would be your tight end. How much fun would that offense be? Because Haskins yeah. can sling it a little bit, but he's not going to add the same kind of like wow pow dimension that you get Saquon and uh Kyler Murray in the backfield together. That's stupid.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. The only only problem is I think you don't one, you don't know how much longer uh uh
1: Eli Manning wants to play. Well you have the if you have a situation. I mean, how good is Pat Mahomes? How good is Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. And those are the two guys I mean, granted, there's other guys like Again, to go, not to come back to Baker. I just, he's a good example. Baker sat for what, three weeks, four weeks, mm-hmm. and then came in and started and tore up the league. Man, this is a really weak quarterback class. Yeah, there's like two. Yeah. And especially with the kid from Oregon not coming out.
0: And there's a kid from Duke who's a top 10 pick in this draft that I'm looking at right now. No, he's not. His name's Daniel Jones. I'm just telling you that he's, that's what the draft says, mm-hmm. the mock draft says. Mm hmm. This has Kyler going number thirteen to the Dolphins.
1: It has yeah, that's another team.
0: It has the Giants taking Dwayne Haskins.
1: I just, I think it would be so much more fun. I mean, granted, I think if he, Haskins fits the same style quarterback because he's not a runner. Haskins is a pocket passer, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what they have. Not right according now. to Stephen A. Stephen A. says he's a runner. No, he's a it's pocket just what passer. Stephen A. says. Stephen A. is always right. <laughs> no, Dwayne Haskins is a pocket passer. Yeah, He is Byron Leftwich. He's a big dude. He threw for like 5,000 yards yeah, he's a, and ran for like 100. No, he's not. He, well, I was going to say, actually, maybe Ben Roethlisberger is a better comparison as far as like a body type and size where he can run. He's sure. And he can scramble. Sure. But he wants to stand there and throw. He doesn't want doesn't to run around.
0: Did you know Byron Leftwich is a pretty sure he's an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. for somebody? Yep.
1: Uh, he came with uh, he went to the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think he did. He go there now, or was that's where he was? Yeah, at? He before? was with the Cardinals. Okay, because once they fired, is it Wizen? Not Wizen Hunt, Bruce fired, Arians. But they no, they fired. They they had they fired the offensive coordinator oh. and promoted Byron Leftwich, who was the quarterbacks coach, to be the coordinator midway through this last year. Okay, and then now he's with the Bucks. Now he's with the Bucks. Okay, so um, no, but I th- I I would love to see, and it's just that kind of gut feeling. Like you had that gut feeling that Baker was going to be good, and that Rosen and Darnold weren't going to be even no matter what the metrics say. Mm-hmm. And I think Haskins is going to be a good quarterback, but he needs the right system. And I just think it doesn't matter where you put Kyler Murray. He's going to be a successful player in the NFL. It right. just, it's, it seems to me like Baker, like Russell Wilson, like Baker. It's the same type of he's short. Sure. But yeah. everything else about him is exactly what you want.
0: I just want to see Kyler in more of a system similar to what he played in in college. I don't think that that's really what Pat Shermer does though. Spreading it out and that kind of stuff.
1: You know, it would be cool if he could go with, I mean, if he could get with Cliff. Yeah. How creative Cliff could be with that. Right. That'd be awesome. With David Johnson in the backfield. But again, I don't, it's, I don't think it's feasible. I, think there's no, I don't think there's any way that you could get Josh Rosen after one year off your books and convince ownership that taking the what second overall pick, first overall pick, whatever they have.
0: I think you're underestimating how stupid some NFL teams are. <laughs> Just being completely honest. It's about like the NBA. Like you say, oh, there's no way that they could ever trade this guy. There's no way that the Sixers ever could trade Markel Fultz. Well now Markel Fultz is a member of the Orlando Magic, you know? And not. How what, how?
1: Is it like somebody really big into reclamation projects or what?
0: Well, yeah, I mean they can afford to take their time with them. Like with the Sixers, they needed, they just need they need bodies. They're trying to compete right now, They're trying to win. Because you know, well, They don't have time to sit and wait for Markel to Get his stuff figured out. To
1: figure out what the hell is going on with his shot. Yeah. That's they don't th- have time for someone to remember how to shoot a basketball. That's got to be. That's, is there any crazier thing of a person who's a professional athlete that completely forgot how to be a professional athlete no. in such a short time?
0: No. People say that he's the biggest bust ever. I don't think that he's the biggest bust because there's guys that were taking number one overall.
1: Like Anthony that Bennett. It,
0: that it, in the moment, it didn't make any sense. And Not that it like, yeah. And it still doesn't make sense now.
1: Like Anthony, Bennett. but
0: like when Markel Fultz was picked, he was like,
1: he was the consensus number one overall pick and you just know? somehow it just, pff, yeah. Gone. Yeah. Like, I mean, Tiger Woods being bad at golf, but like that was a whole lifestyle change in a back surgery. Well, yeah. I mean, I think Tiger had a lot of health problems and he
0: also had the whole other situation. But like I said, lifestyle yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. Let's just sum that up. Right. Well, some yeah, sum it up like that. But no, Markel doesn't have any of that kind of stuff. But he does have the health thing that they say is like his, something with like his thoracic
1: something. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yeah, there's some weird thing that he's I just got. Think it's fluid absurd.
0: Fluid built up like in his neck or something like that.
1: I don't know. It'd be like if you drafted Steven Strasburg and all of a sudden he threw seventy seven as a fastball and you're like, wait, what? What? I saw you do something different than what you're doing right now three months ago. I
0: mean, it's like Rick Ankiel. You remember him, Rick Ankiel? But then that dude—he usually got like the yips. Forgot how to pitch. Well, then he came back as a as a outfielder. Yeah, as a hitter. He's, He's a good player too ran, yeah, for a
1: couple years. Freak athlete. Yeah. I I want to read. He, he wrote a book. I listened to him on the Dan Patrick Show. Um, they did a messed up, grow up life, which kind of gives you an understanding of having a messed up mat, like brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that anyway that's. Story for another time. Story for another time.
0: But yes, it would be cool to see Kyler in a system where he can spread it out. I'm not surprised that he's not going to play baseball, though. I think that this was an inevitable situation. They, I think he was doing everything he could to get himself out of that. Does he have to give back part of his signing bonus? I'm
1: sure that he does. Whatever portion, yeah, he gets. I'm I wonder sure if they, I wonder if like his agent or something like that would float that.
0: Well, yeah, I almost wonder. I don't don't know how that works, like if the money had to, while he was still being a college athlete, if it had had to be kept in escrow or something, right? where like really it just kind of sat there and it didn't, like he hadn't even been able to touch it anyway. And so now his millions,
1: so now his millions that he would have gotten before are now just different millions. He has to wait until May to get. Yeah. And
0: I'm sure that he has money anyway. I mean, I'm sure he's gotten money from his agent and stuff leading up to the draft. Yeah afford a fancy suit. Yeah. College kids can't afford fancy suits. No, that that is true. Uh all right. So then the other thing that happened today, the Cleveland Browns announced that they have signed Kareem Hunt. Ooh. Ooh. Which honestly is about what I think people expected that if anyone was going to sign him, it would probably that probably be them for a couple different reasons. One, John Dorsey is the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. He was the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs when Cream Hunt was drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is that um, he is obviously from the area. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe they're hoping that they could keep him better under control and live around with his, his family. But the only
1: problem is that that's also where those incidents took place. <laughs> I I just don't see the upside. I really don't see the upside, especially with Cleveland. What, I mean, you're too... Best, probably, uh, Miles Garrett, you're probably your best player on that Well, team.
0: I see your upside, but I don't know that the upside is worth what you're going to have to, I don't, does he the even, shitstorm you're going to have to He doesn't even
1: start in Cleveland. He won't start in Cleveland. Who is their starting running back? Ch- Nick Chubb. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. He's, he's younger, he's healthier, he's in the system for a while, and he has a great relationship with Baker. What's the upside? You get a backup running back that has beat the shit out of a woman on video camera, and that was put on an exempt list that literally you could not even talk to him until he got off of that list of saying this is such a bad human. Well, I think We're he's not still em- on the list. He We're still ha- has to get reinstated by the NFL. We're not going to employ him. I, I really don't see the upside. I mean, Dorsey. I mean, he's a great he's a great player. Like I said, that's a backup running back. I don't think he ends up he ends up starting. I think Chubb's better. He's throughout the year. Chubb got better and better and better and better as he got more comfortable. Like I said, now he's younger, or he's Chubb is younger. I mean, Cream's only twenty three, so it's still not let's not old. say younger, younger, but yeah. younger as in less miles on the tire, less yeah. wear on the tires. I mean, Chubb probably isn't even that much younger than that, though. Probably not. But what I mean is, there's less miles on yeah. the tires, yeah, for an NFL running back because he's played a season and a half or two seasons, and the again just the the radar screen that you have now put yourself under. Especially you take the moral high ground, okay, moral high ground of cutting Josh Gordon because he didn't follow your comply to your thing, comply to your standards because of weed. And now you pick up this guy. And then you also have Callaway, who the wide receiver that was at Florida, Mm -hmm. who for the most part apparently has sort of kind of done things okay, but he sort of got also picked up for something before last year. And so you're. uh, That's not the guy who's had someone like murdered at his house, is it? I don't know. I, I I mean, I'm not
0: sure. I can't remember who that was. Somebody had to. Somebody like got murdered at their house in Florida or something like that, and then they had to go and. No, I don't think that was him though. But anyway, you got just, in trouble for something else. It just seems like a uh, completely unnecessary roll of the dice. Yeah, I I was surprised when I saw that today. I was like, well, that I don't feel
1: like this is going to go over very well. And I mean, there I'm. I'm all for like second chances of stuff. Whatever. But it just seems too soon. Like a lesson wasn't necessarily learned by it. Yes, you, you're, you, I guess, lesson might not have learned. His reputation is forever tarnished. Mm-hmm. Forever. And the, the easy example is Ray Rice. Like, the first thing you think of when you think of Ray Rice is not that guy won a Super Bowl with the Ravens and was a pretty good running back. Because those are true things. What you think of is that dude sucker punched a woman in a hallway that's what you think of when you think of Ray Rice and you think of Kareem Hunt no matter what he does from this point forward is going to be that dude pushed and kicked a woman on screen and then lied about it like good for you dude so yes his reputation has been tarnished but I don't know how I mean you sit out two months of the season and get signed again that dude his leash better be paper thin yeah that if he does anything so much as misses a curfew cut his ass
0: but you want me to be completely honest I think that if he had been honest about it from the start I feel like he would probably still be a member of the Kansas City Chiefs He probably
1: would be yeah because there's I mean other illegal things have happened and guys have sort of come forward with it and essentially been disciplined to the league's maximum of what that has been but they didn't get one of the exempt list yeah
0: I don't know it's a weird situation the difference between him and Ray Rice is that Ray Rice was like thirty years old when that happened. Yeah. So the window of time for anything to have happened, like to change, would have been much smaller. You'd be for sure picking up at best a spot running back. Right, and with Cream Hunt, like I said, the upside is that you get a guy who led the NFL in rushing two years ago, and or a season ago, and the downside is that now you'd, you you invite- your entire organization looks
1: like bunch of idiots. Yeah. You are b- inviting speculation. Yeah. A lot of speculation.
0: Yeah. All right. So that's that. I don't know what more there is to say about that. That was the two biggest football pieces of news that I saw today though. Let's answer some questions. You have not seen any of these questions. I have not seen any of these questions. You just put out a call to for the questions. Completely honest. I have, as of now, only seen a few of the questions. Okay. First question comes from Twitter. Cyclone recruit highlights asks, when are you going to do a barf basketball and random facts?
1: Ooh, I don't know if I, I, I mean, if we barfed as much as we farted, that would seem really unhealthy. Yeah. That would not be ideal. Cause we have, we, we you fart regularly. You don't want to barf regularly. No, no, I, mean, we could, I
0: would prefer to not fart all the time or not barf <laughs> all the time. Oh bad! Uh, getting my action acronyms mixed up here. Oh, we're talking acronyms. <laughs> oh, my mistake. Oh, bad. That would be a fun podcast. Yeah, you could talk about basketball. Uh, no, I don't think that. Uh, we, it's
1: we would just have to barf. Like we could record it. Like you know, we could barf on Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I like think we, like We 8 could do that. It's just that, yeah, I don't know why. I don't think we'll do a basketball and random facts podcast anytime soon. Well, least not named that. It'll probably just kind of stay what we're already doing. And then we'll touch on basketball sometimes. Well,
1: come when basketball games, because I feel like we're in, it's like the equivalent, the basketball equivalent of the dog days of summer for baseball season, where it's like the middle of the conference season where the games matter, but they also are like, you're you're far enough away from the end of the season Mm -hmm. that you can recover from them. So they're not catastrophic losses. Right. Even though Iowa State TCU was... Weird.
0: No, it's not not a good thing. We'll talk about that a little bit later, though. Uh, all right. This guy wanted our thoughts on the Brown signing, Kareem Hunt. Already did that. How does the offense evolve with Brock Purdy having a full off season?
1: Um, I'm just gonna go with it better. So I don't know that you can't do the same thing, and you with a, a quarterback, especially a guy that started halfway through last year, you don't have a lot of film on them, mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of time to study said film because. How hectic a a week is during the season, you don't, uh, coaches don't have a ton of time to go specifically through, even if they assign a GA to it or like a part time coach to it somewhere. Like you can't just, all right, well, here's, you know, here's everything that this kid does and his tendencies and everything that he's done for the past three years. We went back and watched this high school tape. You don't really have that kind of time. And so in season, even though he's had weeks, you don't have a, a huge amount, a huge bank of what to do. Now you do in the offseason is what they you have that time to sit down and go, okay this is what he does. This is what he did. This is what he likes to do. Mm -hmm. So you better change that. So I don't know specifically how, but I think Montgomery not being there and Butler not being there means that you're going to have to put more of an emphasis on him reading the offense and not just when in doubt, hucking it to 18. Because he was really good at that. And that's a skill like that's not I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. When in doubt, throw it to 18. That's a terrific idea. When Calvin Johnson's on the field, you throw it to Calvin Johnson. When Randy Moss is in the field, you throw it to Randy Moss. Is That's points, points on the board. But I think that he's going to have to get better at pure, true reads about where to go with the ball when there isn't one alpha advantage of yeah. being like, all right, well, it doesn't matter who they put out there. They're going to double, triple team Butler. I'm going to throw it up and outside, and he's going to catch it. So now it's like, well, we don't have an ace in the hole as of yet, Maybe a guy comes and develops into that. Maybe, you know, Deshante Jones, when he becomes a senior, becomes unguardable. Tariq Milton becomes, you know, that Julian Edelman that you just cannot keep covered in the middle. And maybe they have one of those guys, but I think they're going to have to evolve a lot more of that offense around him becoming a true quarterback of being like, read, read, run, or read, 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 run, something like that. If he's going to have to start reading a little bit more and not just ace in the hole to, uh, to your stud, to your stud back. Or your stud receiver, and then the same light. When in doubt, throw it to thirty-two and let thirty-two do something with it. So you're going to have to build more of an offense around him, which makes him be more of a quarterback. Um, how that looks exactly, I don't know. I think that I don't know the personnel that they have, um, I, like exactly, or what it's going to turn out to be, or what JUCO guys are going to sign, or what whatever. But they didn't sign any JUCO guys, I don't think. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? Like I, you don't know who the roster is actually going to end up being. Yeah. And so, and maybe some guy comes and just comes out and like maybe Josh Johnson's and the a you know, stud and just tear it apart cuz he finally has all the reps. I don't know. We'll see. But I think it just has to the moral of the story is it just has to come from him being more of a true read through everything and pass passer.
0: Okay. Would not allowing a secondary defender to draw a charge help fix college basketball referees' inability to make consistent block charge calls? It's the worst part of watching college basketball currently. That's an answer for you to take.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I think that that's a... Would would, Would they just rule that always a block then? Yeah. It's just a secondary defender comes over? And that's closer to what it is in the NBA. The Duke block? Yeah. Uh...
0: I don't know that that rule would ever get eliminated, though.
1: I can't imagine it will. How does that happen then? Because like, if it's a zone, some type of zone defender, mm-hmm. does that make everyone a primary defender or everyone a secondary defender? Or is any help, def- help defender j- automatically become a second defender? I'm
0: sure it would technically be whichever man is closest to the basketball when the ball is caught or something like that. I don't know. Because it seems that, like see that's in
1: there a man a man defense that seems really easy to to judge, but as any type of zone, because in the NBA, it's very rarely are they going to play a zone. Yeah, for what
0: forever well, it was rules, illegal. In the yeah, the rules are just like you can play zone, but the zone is different because you just can't be like away from people in the same sense.
1: You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, I don't know how you would possibly do that because teams like again, you think like a Syracuse. If Syracuse, if that rule is there and no help defender can take a block or can take a charge. And it's always going to be a block. Then either Syracuse is getting the total benefit of the doubt because they're going to make all zone defenders, the primary defender, right? Or they're going to make all zone defenders, the primary or the secondary defender, which means you go at Syracuse every single play because it's every single time going to be a block. And then their entire philosophy has to change.
0: Yeah. I mean, there just would probably have to be more tweaks to the rules than what, than just changing that one thing. Uh, I mean, it could happen. I don't think that it probably will. But I, I do agree in the sense that the inconsistency of that is incredibly annoying. And it, it makes it hard sometimes to, to watch just because you don't know on a given play what is a charge and what's not a charge. When I,
1: there's, I don't, is there really any way to objectively get that call right? Any way at all? Yes. I mean, it, it is a judgment call,
0: but there are times where you look at it and it's like, that's the wrong call. And you just know by the letter of what the
1: rule is supposed to be that that's the bad call. Is you know what there I'm so like to to me it com it reminds me of like a pass interference or roughing the passer call. Where let's say let's go with roughing the passer because it it there is so much there's a black and there's a white. Like if you're coming towards Drew Brees and the the letter of the law is if you hit the quarterback in the head and you know some defensive end launches into Drew Brees' head three seconds after he throws the ball, mm-hmm. yes. That is very much a roughing the passer. Then there's the one where it's like, I mean, and then there's some, you know, the really bad ones, like in the Patriots chiefs game, when he just completely misses Tom Brady's face and he just is a vantage point thing. Like that's clearly not roughing the passer. But then there's the ones that are like his, his hand, like an open hand, like four fingers of his hand hit the quarterback's helmet as he's throwing the ball, which by definition if you cannot contact the quarterback's head, that becomes a passenger, or that becomes a roughing the passer. Mm-hmm. By the letter of the law, then that is a roughing the passer. So, like objectively making it objective, or making it objective, excuse me, doesn't necessarily make it right because that's that's not a roughing the passer call. You know, like four fingers to the head, it's not a roughing the passer call. So, you, by the letter of the law, yes, but there's still so much gray area that will forever exist in a call like that, like pass interference, like roughing the passer, like block charge, that you just like hand checking. Like there's no. There's no objective measure where, you know, goaltending, did it hit the backboard before you touched it? Is it over the cylinder? Okay. Those are pretty objective. Those are very easy to say like, nope, not a, not not a goaltend. Let the points cap happen or other way around where block charge will no matter what have gray area. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Basketball is a sport in which there's a lot of gray area
0: as far as officiating goes. You know what
1: I'm saying? Let's get Hollywood Higgins. Yeah.
0: All right, this is from the forums. Triple Z, what would be your reaction to playing Iowa in a possible rematch in the NCAA tournament based on fan reaction, getting payback, and having to cover the game? Hypothetically, they end up being a 4-5 and seed and matchup in the second round. How would you react to having to play Iowa again in the NCAA tournament? Based on Iowa's uh, track record in the tournament, I would love it. Yeah, I think that it would be miserable for like a day.
1: Luckily, we wouldn't have to deal with it for more than that. You yeah. his best case scenario. Because it would be day two. Yeah. Or, or, you know, it's a Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday thing. Well,
0: and also it would mean that one of the teams from the state would also go to the Sweet 16. So, I mean, that would be. Yeah.
1: But, I, 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 didn't, I mean, Iowa, I, I haven't watched them much this year. I watched the lat, back half. I was at Jethro's last night and with a group of friends, and that game was on, and everyone just kind of stopped what they were doing and watched the last three minutes because that was crazy. But Iowa, it seems like they are the most inconsistent top twenty team. Mm-hmm. Where they're going to win, they're going to beat Michigan and make them look stupid, and then th- three games later lose by you know fourteen points to someone that they should not lose to, and they're going to play great or garbage. Well, they won last night. Yeah, I know. I yeah, like, that's what I am saying. It's like they they somehow managed to pull that out, but yeah, still like and it, also like when was the last time that Iowa played well in the NCAA tournament in any postseason tournament? Oh, they won the. Did they win the NIT or just play? I think one? they got second one year. But I don't you know remember. what I mean. Like in, in the NCAA tournament, they tend to not have a good track record. They won their play-in game, their their pigtail game, once, and then got beat by was it Tennessee in the next round?
0: Yeah, and then they beat Temple one year, and then lost to Villanova in the second round.
1: Yeah, which who does lose to Villanova in the tournament? Yeah, Villanova won the national championship that yeah. year. Yeah, and they ran rough shot through everybody. Right, but anyway, I, I don't know, I'd take Iowa in the second round.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be fine. Uh, I would generally prefer to not
1: have to do that, but, I mean. It's also a totally different roster. I think it'd be fine. It'd be a completely different game. Yeah. Because, I mean, Wigginton didn't even play. Lard didn't play. Right. Who else was out? Tally Tally didn't play at all. Well, Lard played. Tally was available to play. But didn't. Yeah. Lard fouled out in like six minutes. (sighs) Oh, well. Anyway, they, but and that was also like THT was still getting his feet underneath him. Halliburton was still not Halliburton yet. Yeah, like it, it's a completely different roster. And I think for Iowa, it's the same thing. They're starting to as inconsistent as they've been starting to find an identity of some kind. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, it would be a completely different game. Two totally different teams. You kind of just throw out what they did before. Yeah,
0: I agree. I think, yeah, it would be a much different game. I think it, and I it would know- be fine. I I don't think that it would be. I wouldn't be against it, but I mean, I wouldn't. I would prefer them to not have to play each other again. I guess. Yeah, would just be my general sentiment. Sentiment, you know what I mean. I feel you, dog. Fans would be at each other's throats. I already know it. I feel you, dog. All right, call your shots now for next football season. Most impressive team in conference by <clears> season's throat> end, throat> and, and most disappointing team. You can define those terms oh. how you wish. Most impressive and most disappointing. I'm gonna guess the most impressive is probably Texas, to be honest. I think they're going to be really good next
1: year. It kind of depends on Ellinger's shoulder. If he was banged up towards the end of the year and he continues to run like he is, a throwing sh- a banged up throwing shoulder doesn't go away. So, but if And if his shoulder goes like it did towards the end of this year because he started taking way too much contact, mm-hmm. then that team goes downhill fast. Uh, but uh, if he stays healthy, I, I do think they're going to be very, very good. I think Todd Orlando uh, as a coordinator is as good as there is. Mm-hmm. And so, and they bring a lot of people back mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and I mean they're ta- they're Texas. It's Herman's recruiting Texas. It's yeah. they're good. Yeah. and that culture is going to continue to get better and better and better. I think Texas is probably the team to beat. They'll um, probably be a preseason top five team. Mm-hmm. And most disappointing, whew, I don't know if any what other teams have expectations. Texas, Oklahoma, and Iowa State have decent expectations. Baylor is probably top twenty five right away. But I mean, the, I think Baylor's the bottom of the top twenty five the whole year. They're not gonna. They're gonna, you know, go eight and four, nine and three, somewhere in there, and win their non-conference and go five and three in the conference, or five and four, three, 6 and three, excuse me, in the conference.
0: Man, I wouldn't be shocked if. Uh, I think Oklahoma will be good. I don't think they'll be on the same level that they've been the last several years. Well, when you lose,
1: they, they don't have. Uh, well, Jalen Hurts, he can play right away, can he? Yeah. Well, there you go. But is Jalen Hurts as good as Baker and? In- Kyler. I don't know if he's as good, but you get him Lincoln Riley. He's going to, he's going to put Jalen hurts in his strong positions. I, They're going to be good again. Well, def- yeah, I said, they'll be good. Their defense is abysmal though. I, I don't know how they get that thing better. Alex Grinch is a good coach. He's their new defensive coordinator.
0: His name is Grinch. Yeah. He came, he was at Washington state, made their defense good. Then went to Ohio state, which their defense wasn't very good, but it got better by the end of the year.
1: I, uh, I don't know if there's going to be a team that's like exclusively disappointing. Um, I think West Virginia or Oklahoma State might fall into that category.
0: Yeah, I Because I think say, they're going to be...
1: One of those teams is going to be bad. Yeah. One, or, one or both is going to be bad next year. Because I think Kansas State... Oklahoma with, State will have that freshman that redshirted this year at quarterback. He's, he was
0: a five-star kid, I think. Okay. I, but West I, I, Virginia will have the kid transferring from...
1: Austin Kendall transferring from Oklahoma. I still don't... I, I, I'm i still not sold on either one of those teams. Um I think TCU is going to be markedly better. I mean you you can never Gary Patterson has never been bad for two straight years. Mm-hmm. TCU is going to be a lot better. I think they're going to be a upper half team. I don't even know who they have coming back. It's just Gary Patterson's track record where they're bad for one year and they're good for the next. Yeah. Um I think Kleiman's going to have Kansas State playing Kansas State football again. It's not going to be any drop off from Bill Snyder. So they're going to be hope one would assume better than I say hopefully because uh long live the Big 12 North. But they're going to be better. Uh, Kansas is still going to suck. I don't care. <laughs> Miles is going I do to think they will. Better. They will get better because he actually recruited pretty well for what he started with. And who was their best player last year? Puka. Who's not playing this year? Did he Was is, well, is that official yet? I don't know. I mean, how does it not? Yeah. He better. He better not play this year. Man, that kind of, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. So their best player is no longer playing. And if he is, it's going to be a significant suspension for the fir- at least the first few games <laughs> of the year. Which are games that they need to win; otherwise, Kansas ain't going to win a couple games.
0: I think that they'll be better. Not saying they're going to be like competing to win the Big Twelve, but maybe competing to go to a bowl game in Uh, in three years.
1: Maybe, maybe. Uh, Let's let's just go with they're not going to win zero games. They are. I mean, they are getting that facility done. Like
0: they're making moves to upgrade that program. Making moves, big moves.
1: But and I, I'm uh, not
0: saying that they're going to win the Big 12. I'm saying that they're going to go from being at, like the worst team in Power Five to potentially being the eighth a, place. a, a mediocre
1: team in college football, <laughs> which is orders of magnitude better than they have been. Correct. So I, I think the moral of the story is I don't know who's going to be the most disappointing. I would say Oklahoma State or West Virginia are my two picks because they were West Virginia was good last year, and I think they're going to take at least a couple steps back. Um, but I also think the conference is going to have Texas. Texas, I think, is going to be a playoff contending team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma has the potential to be with Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley. Um, Iowa State will probably be, Iowa State and Baylor are probably the next two, one would assume. Uh, and then the rest of the conference, other than Kansas, is just going to be good. And so you're, it's going to be a very deep conference. It's, it reminds me of the Big 12 basketball conference this year, where this year or years past, where there isn't one dominant team where you're not looking at like a Kentucky or Duke basketball, where it's like, these guys are going to compete for a national title. Yeah. But there is at least every team in the conference is good to respectable. You don't have multiple bad teams. So I I think that's what the conference is looking at next year is you have a lot of, a lot of B pluses, maybe an a minus or an a, you don't have any a plus teams. You don't have an Alabama. You don't have a Georgia. You don't have a Clemson. And you have an F and you have an F you have an F minus. (laughs) You have one F a whole lot of B pluses. A whole lot of B to A minuses, and then 1A with Texas.
0: All right, we'll do one more,
1: and then we'll take another break.
0: What are the best landing locations for Hakeem and David, in your opinions?
1: Ooh. Who?
0: I mean, I think that I've detailed my thoughts on David previously. Kansas
1: City City Chiefs? Yeah, I think that that would be
0: Hmm. (laughs) a great
1: situation for him. A team that doesn't... uh, They can't be... a, A team that would be bad for... Montgomery would be a team that is like Jacksonville. That is a pure eye formation, run it down your throat. The The ball carrier doesn't get a pass mm-hmm. type deal. Um, a good situation would be honestly someplace like Washington. Um, because... The Redskins, they had like three or four different backs all year. And they had like one guy, which was their pass catching back. And they have one guy who's their running back. And one guy who's their third down back. And if and like Capri Bibbs and you know, like Samaj P. Ryan, like you have those guys that kind of piecemeal together. And so they're willing to do multiple things with their back. And David's a guy who can do all of them. And so a, a, a situation like Washington or a situation like Kansas City or a situation like um, what else is a uh, like uh, L A like they're not going to take L A but he's he's not going there they got enough running backs but a situ- a team like that um, you know in in the vein of like the Saints where how how many different ways they use Alvin Kamara I'm not saying that Dave Montgomery's Alvin Kamara but he has the skills that you can do a lot of different things with him right and really really bad fits would be someplace so far, like Jacksonville, that is a power I team that just runs your guy straight downhill. Um, A good fit. Like I said, I think Washington would be a really good fit for him. And I I think there's a need. So um, I would hope that, I mean, that'd be a good one. I think Kansas City would be another good one. And there's a decent need in Kansas City, other than Damian Williams being, uh, like I said, I think Damian Williams played really well last year and um, should probably earn himself.
0: I would imagine that they're Focus,
1: especially in the first round, will
0: be on the defense, defense
1: though. A lot yeah. of defense. Yeah. Faster at linebacker. Yeah. But and then Butler, um, Butler, I think, needs would be better in a situation like an I style offense. Really? Because he's uh he's I mean, he's really fast, he's real athletic, but he's not a guy that's gonna be a 14 catch-a-game guy. He's gonna be a six catches a game for like 114 yards because he's a he's a take the top off the defense type. And so, you know, a team like the, the, I guess what sort of comes to mind is the, the correlation to like Calvin Johnson. He's again, not saying he's Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson is potentially the best receiver in the past 15 years, but uh, a, a, a situation like that, that they have a coach and a system that understands that it's a run first and then throw it to them on big chunk plays after. So he doesn't have to, he, he won't have to live like Antonio Brown. Antonio makes his, his living because he catches 12 balls a game. He's going to take two of them for, you know, big. Mm-hmm. Hakeem Butler's not that kind of guy. I mean, I, obviously he's not, if he can probably work himself into that, but I'm going to guess his stat lines, if he has a productive season, are going to be five to nine receptions a game, but like 80, 90, 100, 110, 120, whatever type yards, because he takes big, they're big chunk plays. But can I throw one out for you? Who? What about New England. That'd be great. They, that's a need that they have as an outside receiver. Yeah. I think New England would be a really good fit for Hakeem Butler. Really good fit. So let's go with the two non-obvious answers of Washington for Montgomery and New England for Butler. I think those would be two solid fits. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be right back in the Carl Chevrolet Studios
0: on Football and Random Things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.
1: Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time, how can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of I Care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to... I Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines I Care and you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything personalized eye care, designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic.
0: Hey guys, it's Jared here with another message from Mechdyne. Are you looking to jumpstart your IT career? Or maybe you're a student looking to earn some extra cash? Well, listen up. Mechdyne is currently looking to hire both full-time and part-time IT help desk agents to respond to and help troubleshoot client IT technical issues. You can get your foot in the door at an awesome company with a super fun culture that I've seen firsthand with my own eyes. So go visit the career page at That's mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E ecom Check them out today. All right, back to the questions. Do you want one off the forums or do you want one off Twitter? I don't care. All right. Which fart typically smells
1: worse? The loud ones or the silent ones? Oh, it's the sil- it's silent, ones. Yeah, loud ones. It's just more air, it's just pushing more air through the flaps. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't even mean to make myself laugh after I said that, and it's this hilarious sentence. Um, I I crack myself up sometimes. Uh, yeah, no, it's gotta be the silent ones. Uh, so I, this is a totally offshoot. Um, I don't. There is a. Gr- it's one of those like high school jokes that it's hilarious when you're 17. Um, when we were in shop class uh it was oh, drafting, excuse me, in, in the shop, in drafting class, um, we were coming up with different cologne flavors from like <laughs> flavors, a, like a smell, smell sense, but yeah. like a, from like a German designer that doesn't actually understand what the translation means. Okay. And it'd be like F A H T with an umlaut over the A. So we'd like fat, and then you'd have like some like swampy fat. So you have, you don't know exactly what the translation uh, reduces to. So if you guys have any great ideas for like loose translations of F-A-H-T FOT as a cologne for Jared and I, go for it. I don't know what, what type of flavors FOT would be. The same guy,
0: uh, asks who would run a faster 40 time right now, Jeff or Jared?
1: Oh, I would smoke you right now. Yeah, probably. Even sore, even very sore. I would still smoke you. This guy said I'd be
0: even more interested in seeing a mile run, and you would kick I my would ass kick even more. Kick your in the ass mile. even worse in the mile. Oh yeah, the mile would be even <laughs> worse. At least in a forty, like I would have some semblance of a chance of being within like a reasonable amount of time.
1: But like in the mile, I, it wouldn't even be so. My mile, remotely close. my fat, my mile time. Has consistently come down. So I'm lighter. I mean, from ha- having played, I was two. Like I think I've talked about this before. I was 250 when I played. I'm 220, 225 right now. And uh, my mile time has consistently fallen. The more like the farther away from football I've gotten. And so I did the, the Grand Blue Mile last year and was under. I was 555 for. So if they had a Clydesdale division, I feel like I would have won. But I had to chase down a 13 year old to try and get that time. <laughs> sprinted, sprinted hard against junior higher to get that time. But so it was still a sub six at this weight. So pretty proud of that time. I'm not getting this up six. So. I have no idea what I'd run a 40, in. I haven't sprinted that hard for that distance. And I feel like I would have just—I would just very much need to be warmed up. I'm a mid-range sprints guy. I'm not a four, short, eight, I'm not a 40 short burst speed f- guy. Four, four, eight guy. Yeah, or two four guy, two hundred four hundred.
0: Yeah, I was like a yeah like 200-400. Let those that, legs run, but yeah. Then like then obviously I ran the high hurdles, but. Uh, I was not like a gonna run the one hundred and blow people away. You know, don't didn't have that much quick twitch. No, I needed to get going a little bit. Got to get those long
1: legs moving. So those long praying mantis limbs. Exactly. You got like exactly. two steps every ten yards. Yeah, yeah. I got stumpy little legs. Took powerful. Took stumpy. me
0: longer to get up to to full speed. Uh, are we getting new grass or turf in Jack
1: Trice Stadium for next season? I'm gonna guess no. Also, let's give them a little bit of a break. By the time Drake had rolled around, that was their eighth game mm-hmm. that they had set up for. And once
0: the field had been torn apart by rain mm-hmm.
1: and that day there was snow. Right. I don't know how much better it would have been with turf. Because that would have been actually their ninth. It would have been the ninth time that they'd suited up because there were already seven home games. Oh, well, excuse me, eighth. Sorry, eighth. Um, yeah, so eighth, eight warm-ups on that field for both sides and that's not including whatever practices they had done preseason which are not as taxing because they don't usually let you on the field unless you're doing one like one maybe one scrimmage inside jack trice just to kind of get used to the flow of everything and what mm-hmm. it feels like um so you don't tear up the field but for the most part yeah they, that's all eight games i mean no, some seasons you only have five so that's a, that was just a lot to put a grass field through in iowa after that kind of weather I would assume that they just continue doing a terrific job. Because objectively, like if you look around the country, like look at, I mean, TCU is the one that comes to mind because they're grass. They have a grass field. I mean, they still have a grass field. That thing's crap by like week two. And so Iowa State, Northwestern's Northwestern's burlap lawn yeah. that they have going on. Um, they, uh, I mean, they've
0: consistently won awards for, Iowa State's for their turf. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, multiple times in the past five years, like I don't know how many times in a row they won it. Right. Like, it's, it's always very, very good. Yeah. I, I do not imagine them replacing that anytime soon. No. And Iowa state's turf grass is actually, I, I'm pretty sure is contracted to do some other stadiums too. Yeah. Like they manage other places because of how good they are. So I don't think maybe they get, re- I, I don't know what the process is. They might be replacing certain strips of turf. If it's like, if it's Foobar, they're going to, they might replace the, some sections, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be a wholesale replacement. No, I, no. I, I definitely don't see that happening. Um,
0: does Jeff prefer a zone blocking scheme or a
1: man-on-man blocking scheme? Oh, oh, that's a good one. That's a good question. Personally, um, I and so it's not man-on-man. Technically, is the terminology? It's gap is how it, what that's called. Um, so zone scheme versus gap scheme. I would say if am I running this or is someone else running this? You run it if I'm running it, I like a gap scheme. like um, if you're playing running back mm-hmm. okay. if I, if I'm personally playing running back, what if you're coaching? If I'm coaching it depends on the person that I have. so uh, the thing is, and if I guess if I'm in high school and I am faster than everyone because you know I'm, I'm it's not again I, I think I, I've, I'll die on this hill. I was not slow in college for my position, I was slow. You expect everyone to be four, three, four, four at my position. I was like four six, which is still a fast human just not at that space. And so a zone blocking scheme requires that you be able to get in and out really, really quickly. And I was just a little bit like I was almost there Mm -hmm. and like I could hit it sometimes it was just harder. Um, Whereas a gap scheme allows you to be just much more downhill. And so if I'm running it and I'm in high school, I would almost prefer a zone scheme because I'm, if you're faster than everyone, you can do it. But if I'm generally speaking, I was stronger than most people and that kind of uh, promotes more of a gap scheme style. Um, because you're you're following a guard or you're a a puller of some kind usually, right? Or a lead blocker of some kind, whether it's tight end, fullback, guard. So you're following somebody. So there's already kind of carnage in the pile, and so you have to just essentially create more carnage and get out of it. And so that was really, if I'm running the ball, I would prefer a gap scheme. Um, but if I am coaching and I have kind of the pace of things are pace where things are going now is more towards zone schemes because the 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 backs are getting either faster or smaller, one of the two. And you're likely not going to have a true bruiser that much. Right. So I think I would probably run more of a zone scheme if I was coaching because you're going to be harder to find a person who's really good at a gap scheme. Because to be really good at a gap scheme, you still have to be quick. You still have to be you know agile. Like That's what Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's really, really good at gap scheme. But that's kind of back that's prototypical for it where it's, He's still able to make lateral moves, but you don't want to tackle Leonard Fournette because you just are afraid of how powerful he is. And then a guy like Le'Veon Bell runs that zone scheme because he's very patient and finds where he wants to go. So if I'm running it, gap. If I'm coaching it, zone. If I have a little fast dude, that's what I think my final answer is.
0: Okay. This person asks, is it healthy to have a burner account so you can scream into the void on days when your favorite team craps the bed at home versus a team like TCU asking no. for a friend? No, it is not healthy.
1: It's not healthy. If you need to shout your anger at the Internet, get off the Internet.
0: Unless you are on CycloneFanatic.com. And, and in, this, in that case, shout into the
1: void all you want.
0: <laughs> come join. Come jump into the abyss with all of us.
1: I. Uh, that's a really bad sales pitch for the company that pays you. Ooh. Um, it's a good thing that I was here to salvage it for you. Yep. Thanks, Jared. Let's just move
0: on. If we're talking about Twitter, then no, it is not healthy it, to have a burner account. Twitter's to into
1: the void. Yeah. Twitter's not, especially, and like, can we just say this again? Cause I feel like we haven't said it this month. Don't at players ever under any circumstance at a player for a negative comment. If you're saying great job, really proud of you. Keep your head up. Go for it. Those are good things to see. But if you at a player and say something negative, you are an asshole. Zero, uh, there is no if, ands, or buts about it. You are an asshole. Like, as a person, if you add a player, man, I was just mad. If that thought comes in your head that you're going to add someone, like, I hope you go choke on a turd and die. Like, if you're going to say that to another human being, you are an asshole. Flat out, point blank, plain and simple. No exceptions. Don't do that. Don't add a person on Twitter or Instagram or something with a negative comment. Keep that to yourself.
0: State wrestling tournament is this week for the state of Iowa. How do you think it compares to other states? Also, will, will you or will or do you watch any of the finals on Saturday night? Uh, I mean, I think it's the best in the country. I think it's I, not I, close. I, yeah, I think that's long since been already decided. I, think, I, I mean, not that I've paid much attention to other state wrestling tournaments, but it's the largest
1: in the country, isn't it? Yeah, and I, th- I think it's just one of those things where like the culture has been built into it, you know, like there are some, you know, some events like the state fair is the Iowa state fair better by the things that are there than other state fairs. No, but it's just kind of the code. It's like the expectation that that is just a thing that you do. Like another example is like bacon fest, like bacon fest is really cool, but it's not that bacon. It's not because bacon fest in itself is really cool. It's that the culture around like, Oh, you have to go, or Mm -hmm. this is the thing you have to do. And so the culture of state wrestling for decades now Has been that is just a thing that your community does because you have three kids that come from, you know, whatever some Fayette County and you're like, all right, well, we have three kids that qualified. The whole town comes down to watch those three kids and you do that over the course of the entire state that comes down to Des Moines that especially because I would think this is a time of all the state tournaments that there's the least going on in agriculture in our state, which is really a lot of the small communities are built around agriculture in the end of or beginning, beginning of February, there's not a whole lot that's going on that you can't just up and leave. So they can come down for three, four days and they're not missing anything other than, you know, some, I would assume animal operations, but I mean, I'm, I, I'm not a farmer, so I'm, I may be speaking out of my ass there, but I would think that this is like state football it's in around harvest and state baseball is in the middle of the summer which things are growing but like you don't need to need to be there during the summer but it's still in August and it's starting to the point where you probably I would assume preparing to go to harvest mm-hmm. and then state track is in the spring which is planting state basketball is another couple weeks which it's everything starting to thaw
0: there is a reason though that when you go to the state basketball tournament generally the biggest crowds that you will you will see are at the smaller school games than, yeah. there, than there is at the at the big school games
1: and then match that with every kid, I mean, you can have one. Especially kid. during the, you know, the
0: quarterfinals and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, with wrestling, there's 14 weights, yeah. and there's two kids per district. Usually, I would think if that's the same qualifying process, it is. Yeah. There's two kids per district that get to go, which means you may have one dominant guy from, you know, Don Bosco that's just gonna qualify 14 kids every year. But then there's one kid from some little middle of nowhere southwestern Iowa school that hasn't qualified a kid in three years. And everybody knows that that's, you know, my cousin's son's kid or cousin's son's friend and something like that. And so then everybody just rallies around that kid and you do that 300 school or 300 kids across the state, then that becomes like a really cool event that just everybody goes to. And if you haven't been, I mean, for those people, you're like, I don't know any kids that are wrestling. The experience in it's itself, worth it to it's totally it, yeah, cool. It's,
0: it's really a cool experience. It, I would go on Saturday, but I will
1: be in Manhattan. So I won't I'll, be able to go. I think that, so I think the cool part about it is when. When they have all the mats going and it's yeah. like the championships are really fun um, because it's just really, really good wrestling. But it's also just the environment school. But I think almost the cooler day is like day one, like the day one when all 32 kids, I think it's 32 in a bracket. It's almost sensory overload. It is. But it's so much fun because you get to like if you just sit there and just passively like you don't even necessarily need to watch the wrestling. It's just like look around the crowd. Because you can hear like you know the, the high all, level people watching. They'll all oh yeah, it's great. But you'll see like pockets where everyone's wearing like a you know like a neon like a tie dye black and green shirt, mm-hmm. and like that is from you know Seidel or whatever. And then you can find like on the mat like there's a Seidel kid, and then something goes well, and the whole little pocket cheers. Yeah. And then you find another one, then this whole little pocket goes nuts on the other side, and they're all wearing pink shirts and something like that, and like it's just these little like tribes of people just sitting throughout the stands. Celebrating the one kid that they just know from their community that's doing something really cool in front of another, you know, eight thousand people, and it's just fun to just watch the little pockets of the crowd go nuts. And then when you get the rare occasion, like I remember the 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 coolest experience that I was at with with state wrestling was um, John Nicholson, who I think it's Nicholson who wrestled at Roosevelt, ended up being I'm pretty sure it ended John, up being a state. John Meeks. No, it was a white kid. Oh, okay. um, but uh, he was at wrestling at 152 and Derek St. John, who I'm pretty sure coaches at he Iowa does, State yeah, now. Yeah. And so Derek St. John was ranked like number one in the country at the time. He wrestled for Iowa City West. And then um, this Nicholson kid, it was at 152, and he was re- ranked like... There was, it was three guys. I don't remember who they were. It might have been a ball wig from Waverly, but there was like three guys that were ranked in the top, I don't know, like 10 in the country. And it was these three dudes. And... um everybody watched that match. Like no matter what any, like maybe the parents of the other kids, there's seven guys. It was like the first or second match of the weekend. And so everyone, there's like seven other mats going on right now, but no one cared other than like the parents of those kids. And it was really, really close. And this, the Roosevelt kid takes down St. John and the entire place erupts and nobody expected it. And there is, everything else like just shut down like the environment of like those little pockets of people just cheering it disappeared for a second and everyone was just like they were watching one you know like as they're watching a basketball game like there's only one thing happening and everyone loses their minds and then goes back like three seconds later to just watching everything else so it was, that was just the experience of state wrestling is really really cool for those who have never been just buy an eight dollar ticket and go down there
0: this is from the same person. Who wins a conference championship in football first in the future, Iowa State or Nebraska?
1: Nebraska. It's an easier path. Yeah, you, you have to win a division and then get lucky in one game. Mm-hmm. And your division sucks.
0: Yeah, I, I would probably agree. I mean, I think
1: – I'm going to get called a homer for that,
0: but I would probably agree. I said it first. Yeah. I mean, I think I, – I would say that they're probably both in – Similar boats, but it's just Iowa State has such a tough path with the fact that you have to beat Oklahoma and Texas and, and then beat them again and then beat them again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah, with Nebraska, I mean, they probably are in a
1: position next year where next year they could compete theoretically because the yeah. all you have to do is get yourself into the championship game yeah. and then just win a game.
0: They'll be considerably better in year two. I th- and I again, think.
1: We'll look at their division. Yeah. Iowa and Wisconsin and Northwestern yeah. are your competition. Those are three. If those three jumped into the Big 12, those three would be West Virginia in the Big 12, where win seven games in a year, nine games in a year, maybe. And then you don't have any top power teams. Now, if it was if Nebraska was in the East and they had to play against Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State every single year, I would say they're very far off because mm-hmm. you're not going to be all three of those teams in a year. But they're in the West. And that division's awful. So, I don't know, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would agree with you. I think that they're both
1: mm, I don't know, not that close though, to doing it right yeah. now. Yeah. I, I would say Nebraska's closer. Like I said, just because the path is easier. Yeah. I think Iowa State is a better in the as a program is a couple steps ahead of where Nebraska is, but they're both on the right path. Yeah.
0: They're both trending towards the potential to be able to correct do that. Correct.
1: Uh, the
0: America, the Alliance of American football started on Saturday night. Did you watch? Uh, no.
1: Joel I Lanning didn't. looks like a linebacker now. Good. Also, th- I did see I uh, just scrolling through the instaface. Um, there was a hit that made me glad that I never wanted to play that like that that some type of opportunity was never provided to me to play the, the Alliance of American football, where like a defensive end hit a quarterback in the face and his helmet popped off and yeah. totally legal hit. If that is a legal hit, I do not want to be anywhere near that game. I don't really remember what exactly happened. Uh, it was like he was able to just
0: come right from the quarterbacks. Not even his blind side; it was but his like, front side. Right. But he, it, was it, a, it was. But he a del- came with like a full head of steam with maybe one guy who chipped him or something. It was a
1: delayed blitz because he looked like he was dropping into his zone, like yeah. sh- like shadowing the running back. And it was that's a called a plus one. And so a plus one means you're responsible for the running back or the tight end. And if he stays in pass protection, you add yourself, you plus yourself to the blitz. Mm-hmm. And so he's a plus one. And running back stayed in to protect. And he gave from came from space and ran like. 15 yards at a full head of steam, put the crown of his helmet right in the dude's face, threw his helmet off. And that was a totally legal hit. Like it, it's it, that, that league will not survive. It actually was pretty good football. I was surprised. Yeah. But that league is not going to survive. I'm just saying if it, if stuff like that is going to be the case, you're turning yourself in the XFL. I'm not going to volunteer to play that game. No, there's enough people that are like turning down the NFL for that type of thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that you're underestimating the, um, well, one, you get paid pretty well to play in that. And two, I think you're underestimating the hunger for more football. Am I? How's the Arena Football League doing? The Arena Football League is dead, but that's also because they tried to expand to like 30 teams. What's How viable is it to have a 30-team Arena Football League?
1: I'm just, I, I don't see a future in it. I'm just saying. Call me a... I prove me. I I would love to be proved wrong. I think they have because that means more more football for me. But I'm I'm not I I'm not holding my breath. If it's still around in five years, I'd be shocked.
0: We'll see. I think what eventually will happen is that they'll merge with the XFL and there'll be
1: one whole spring league. And they're gonna have they're to. they're gonna have a boatload of money behind them. And they're gonna have to fix the rules because the, the NFL for all their warts has at least tried to address player safety. They've changed the rules on kickoff. They've changed rules on roughing. There are no
0: kickoffs in the the Alliance of American Football.
1: But if you're going to, again, your viability standpoint is you're going to be playing with the XFL. And so those things have to be addressed and you have to be at least as safe as the NFL. But you're going to have to take some exploratory rules to make it safer but still more fun. Unless the NFL gets involved, it ain't going to matter. I guess we'll see.
0: I think that it's more viable than what you're giving it credit for, though. I don't think that these people that that are putting all this money behind it are all smart people. There's also a lot of people that are football people that are putting a lot of money behind it. I don't think that they would be doing that just if there was like,
1: oh, this is never going to work. I'm just not sold. I'm a huge skeptic. Someone sell me on it. Like, make it actually like, show me that's worth it. That's fair. I mean, I'm not, I don't know enough about it to be the one to do
0: that. So to like really sell you on the idea. I, like I said, I just know there's a lot of people that played in the NFL for a long time and that were NFL executives for a long time that
1: are behind this thing. Okay. Isn't Bill Polian one of them? Bill Polian is one of the co-founders of the league. Yeah. That's one of the only things that's being for me a redeeming quality.
0: I mean, Heinz Ward, Troy Polamalu, like there's a bunch of guys that were longtime pros that have, that are like part of a council that kind of is like a head head of the league
1: still not sold it's it, it is just such a monopolized industry that by the nfl the nfl has the they've created a farm system in college yeah unofficially because they're so powerful
0: i mean that'll be the main thing is it's like how uh you're gonna get good players how
1: are you gonna get them they're getting good players.
0: I mean, think about how many football players there are in the world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of football players that don't play in the NFL, you know? I mean, there's a lot of guys that get cut off of NFL rosters that could play in the spring looking for another opportunity
1: to go play I, in the NFL. I th- like I said, I think the, the way that this becomes sustainable is you get the NFL involved and you make the San Antonio Commanders the Dallas Cowboys farm system. I'm sure that would be their ideal situation. If that could happen and you play a farm system in the spring, Then great. Then again, like like I said, you're, you're last time we went into the minutes on this is you're rooting for laundry. You're not rooting for a team. And so when you're rooting for the Cowboys, it's Jerry Jones is the only thing that's connected them from 19, their 1990s championship teams to now. It's the only thing that's tying them together other than the logo on their helmet and the city they play in. And so you're like, I'm a Cowboys fan. Okay, well, you're a Cowboys fan just in like the concept of the Cowboys. You're not really rooting for anything. And so that weird fandom of NFL or professional sports is you are now rooting for the guys that you might see later because you want their success now. And so if there is no tie to an NFL team, then you're going to have to create fan bases that are then going to have to be loyal to that. With no real reason, with no real benefit to it, because like, cool, you won out of one one out of eight teams won the championship in the AAF, and there's no real like, oh yeah, like Joel made the the he's a backup for the Cowboys now, that's cool, it's neat. I mean, again, I don't want to poo-poo this, but if the but and if the league ends up being there, it's why the I Cubs. I mean, it's why a lot of people go to the I Cubs because it's, it's like, oh, Chris Bryant's coming down, we're gonna see him, or Maybe some of these guys will end up playing them on, on the MLB roster. I don't know. I've never gone to an I-Cubs game because I cared about who was playing. It, I mean, it's a slight again. It's a slightly different thing, but yeah. it's If it was the Iowa Banditos, and it was just a one-off baseball team. Do you? Does anybody care? Be a cool place to go and get drunk in the summer. Go sit outside, still drink. Again, the, the, it's it matters because some, it it matters because it matters. Like there's some ha- there's some significance to it. And knowing that it's not there, like, it's just, it's an off-brand at that point. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, I can't argue that. Like I said, I don't know enough about the league to, or like why anyone would be motivated to really care. I watched the game on Saturday night because I wanted to watch Joel play. Yeah. And I was interested. And it's just like, what is this? Let's see what, what this is. would you watch? What was the other game? Orlando versus? Well, they were on at the same time.
1: I was gonna say, would reach, you wa- would you watch, would you just sit down and
0: watch that other game? I watched the one last night, the Arizona game. I didn't. It's fair. Maybe you have better things to do on your Saturday and Sunday nights than I do. <laughs> <laughs> like not die. So so I think the gambling aspect of this
1: too will come into play a lot. Ve- that, Vegas that it will, will be care.
0: another thing for people to gamble on. Yeah.
1: Yep. The not like Chris Williams, who doesn't bet. Correct. Who'd ever. Correct.
0: All right. That's enough of the questions. I think we've gone more than enough time. Thanks to Iowa Diamond for being a presenting sponsor. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet. We're here in the Carl Chevrolet studios. Thanks, Jeff.
1: Talk to you next week. Thanks, Jared. Talk to you
0: next week. Think of some things to talk about. You think of some things to talk about. Besides asking everybody else to think of things to talk about for us. No. This is your podcast. This is our podcast. This could be our milk. Peace.